I uh, I'm going to read a little verse two from Daniel chapter ten. In just a moment, verses twelve, thirteen, fourteen, and uh, you can go there if you want to. But I, I want to I want to begin tonight by saying this is the last this is the last lesson on the circle maker. Now, again, I brought this book with me. It's not a secret. We're doing a series on this book right here. It's, it's, it's by a man by the name of Mark Batterson. I want to tell you something. We have nowhere near touched the surface of what this man writes about. And uh, if you ever get a chance and you want something good to read, go get this book. It will help you. It's a good book. And it's, it's a book that will give you some great insight into prayer. And uh, tonight, I'm going to talk to you again from those some of the pages out of this book some of the thoughts that this man has given us we've talked about dreaming big everybody say dream big we've talked about praying hard that was last wednesday night everybody say pray hard you got to be persistent remember the little woman that wouldn't let the judge alone or wouldn't leave him alone and and uh, finally he said i got to get rid of her give her what she wants i got to get her out of here she's driving me nuts well, you've got to be persistent. Tonight, we're going to talk about think long. Everybody say, think long. Amen. Then he said unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty-one days, but Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia, and and came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days. And I want you to notice these last few words. And I'm not reading, I'm not reading from the King James. For the vision is for days yet to come. Everybody say days yet to come. On a, a, a Swedish island, an island called Basingso. There is a mysterious forest of oak trees, and uh, there there was, and mysterious because oak trees aren't supposed to grow on that island, and uh, it's the origin of those trees were unknown for more than a century, more than a hundred years. In 1980, the Swedish Navy received a letter from the Forestry Department reporting that their requested ship lumber was ready. And the Navy didn't even know it had ordered any ship lumber. And after a little historical research, it was discovered that in 1829, the Swedish Parliament, recognizing that it takes oak trees 150 years to mature, and anticipating a shortage of lumber at the turn of the 20th century, or 21st century, ordered that 20,000 oak trees be planted on this island and protected by the Navy. That's what you call thinking long. And just so you understand, there was one objector, a bishop, and he didn't doubt that there wouldn't be wars to fight at the end of the 20th century, but he was the only one who anticipated that ships might be built of other material rather than oak. So one dimension of, of thinking long is thinking different. And prayer is the key to both. Prayer doesn't just 
change circumstances. More importantly, prayer changes us. It attacks the circumstance that you're looking at, but it changes you. It doesn't just alter the external realities in our life. It alters internal realities in our life so that we see better with spiritual eyes. And everybody say amen. It gives us peripheral vision, if I could say it that way. It connects our nearsightedness or corrects our nearsightedness. It enables us to see beyond our circumstance and beyond ourselves, beyond the time that we're praying at that very moment. It's not enough. Listen to me very closely. It's not enough to dream big and pray hard. You also have to think long. And if you don't, you'll experience high degrees of discouragement. Why? I'll tell you why. Because we tend to overestimate what we can accomplish in a year, yet we also tend to underestimate what we can accomplish in a decade. The biggest, and here's, here, this is in your notes, the bigger the vision, the harder you'll have to pray and the longer you'll have to think. The bigger the vision, the harder you'll have to pray and the longer you'll have to think. But if you keep circling it as the circle maker did, it'll come to pass. And I want you to say these words with me in God's time. Come on, I want you to say it loud in God's time. Daniel had a conversation with an angel. And the angel who had come in response to Daniel's prayers, listen to what he said to Daniel. He said, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future. For the vision concerns a time yet to come. Now if you go study the book of Daniel, you'll find prophecies even of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You will also find prophecies of, of the rebuilding of Jerusalem which was 70 years down the road. What I've come to tell you tonight is that you don't pray just for the right now. You've got to think long when you pray. You've got to let God be the decider of when He answers your prayer. Let me tell you what I thought about last week when I got through talking about persistence in prayer. There have been folks that have been so persistent in prayer in days gone by, listen closely, that when they died, their prayers did not. When they died, their prayers live on. As a matter of fact, I still believe, as the Scripture said in the book of Acts, that prayers come as a memorial before God. And God brings up those prayers. Even when somebody has prayed and left this earth, God remembers a grandmother's prayer, a grandfather's prayer, a, a descendant of generations gone by. Aren't you glad that prayer never dies? Somebody shouted, prayer never dies. So when you pray, can you imagine having a conversation with an angel? 
pretty revealing stuff when you start having conversations with an angel. But like all angelic greetings that, that, that happen more or less in the Bible, the first words were, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. An angel don't want you to be afraid. The angel reveals the realities of a spiritual realm in a way that seems nowhere else in Scripture. Here's why. We know that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but the encounter with the spirit world. It, it, the Bible said we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers of darkness, against spiritual wickedness in high places. It's not a fleshly battle. You're not taking out your pistol and shooting. You're not taking out your sword and it flashing in the sun. You're bowing before a God that knows the spirit world. And He wants to answer you through the spirit world. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. The angel revealed the importance of praying through. We talked about that last week. That's often a Pentecostal phrase, pray through. Well, so-and-so prayed through. That means you pray past yourself. And you pray past all the notions of yourself. And you pray past all the ideas of other people. And you pray past time. And you pray past circumstances. And you pray until you know you've touched God. I want to tell you, you can pray until you know you've touched God. Can I hear an amen? You know you've touched God. There have been times that i prayed that I felt like my prayers were hitting the ceiling and coming right back down and hit me on top of the head. You know what I'm talking about. Couldn't feel nothing. Couldn't feel a thing. Praying, talking to God. Couldn't feel anything. But let me tell you, there's been other times that I just stayed with it until I felt the presence of a holy God enter where I was at. And suddenly I was speaking in another language or I was praying in the Holy Ghost and, and things were all different and things began to change because I prayed through. Ladies and gentlemen, I still preach that we got to pray through. The angel revealed the spiritual warfare that's being waged beyond the curtain of consciousness. The angel revealed the ways, the ways prayer are processed. Daniel prayed and was heard. And, and, and Daniel didn't just pray. He prayed. And what if, you know, just think about this. It wasn't the 21st day. It wasn't until the 21st day that he saw the breakthrough. What if he had only prayed 20 days? What if he had stopped at day 15? What if you said, I prayed for two solid weeks, there ain't nothing happened, I'm quitting. But his persistence, praying hard and thinking long. You've got to keep thinking long. I can't help but wonder what would have happened if Daniel would have quit praying. That Where would his prophecies been? Where would have the things that happened in Daniel's life? You see, just like the Israelites who circled Jericho and they marched seven days, and the seventh day they marched seven times, you remember that? We talked about it earlier. You know what? If they had to quit on day six, there would have been no broken walls. There would have been no victory in their life. You say, preacher, I, just, I believe God gets tired. God never gets tired of you asking. God never gets tired of you knocking on His door. God never gets tired of you saying, I need an answer. He's waiting on you to keep asking. He's, that's what prayer is all about. By the way, folks, listen to me. Prayer is not a monologue. 
Prayer is a dialogue. Prayer is not where you do all the talking and God says nothing. Prayer is when you get down and you start talking to God and He starts talking back. Come on, somebody. It's like Elijah who got on his knees and prayed for rain. You've got to pray till it rains. If you stop praying through before the breakthrough, you forfeit the miracle. Can I say that again? If you stop praying through before the breakthrough, you forfeit the miracle. So as long as I'm alive, I'm going to keep praying about some things. I'm going to keep praying for my kids. I'm going to keep praying for my grandkids. I'm going to keep praying for this. I'm going to keep praying for that. I'm not going to quit praying because if I quit, I forfeit my miracle. I'm saying, God, I may not live to see it, but I'm thinking long. Daniel said, I'm praying for Jerusalem. I'm praying for Israel. I'm praying for a rebuilding. And he knew because he prophesied that it wasn't going to happen for 70 years. I wonder if we got anything we'd pray 70 years about. Wow. You know, I, I, years ago I was reading the book of Daniel and I loved, I loved what I read. It, 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 and this is not anywhere in his notes. This is my notes. You know what the Bible said about Daniel? In him was found an excellent spirit. Somebody say an excellent spirit. That's what prayer will make. Because when folks aren't praying, they don't have an excellent spirit. That's where you get the old grouches and the criticizers and the troublemakers and the gossips. And the little size you can never put on, by the way, is criticized. Amen. Well, I don't like that. I don't like. But you know what? Daniel was a praying man. And I love it, and it coincides with what I'm saying right here tonight. When you start talking about praying people, in them were found, or is found, an excellent spirit. The Bible said Daniel had an excellent spirit. Go find it. It's in the book. In him was found an excellent spirit. Well, they throwed him in the lion's den, or the den of lions. Yeah, but he had an excellent spirit. Well, they said don't pray. But guess what? In him was an excellent spirit. And he didn't just pray. He opened his window toward Jerusalem and prayed three times a day. Now, now I'm going to talk about that in a few minutes. I want you to say these three words with me. Stop, drop, and pray. That's what Daniel knew how to do. Now, you thought I was going to say something else when I got to stop and drop. But I said pray. Because Daniel... Ranks as one of the most brilliant minds of the ancient world. You know, if you go study about Daniel, he could explain riddles. He could solve problems like nobody else in his generation. And nobody could interpret dreams like Daniel. But that's not what set him apart. It wasn't his IQ. It was his PQ. You know what that is? Not his IQ, not his mental capacity, but his persistence quotient. In other words, he said, you're not going to stop me from praying. I'm going I'm to pr- put a circle right here and stand it and I'm going to pray. The greatest superpowers on the earth at that time were affected by the prayers of Daniel. Prayer was a part of his life. 
He brought down kings and kingdoms to their knees because He knew how to pray. I wonder if we understand when we get down to pray. Daniel, listen, Daniel didn't just pray on a bad day. We got a, we got a bad habit of praying for God only when we need Him most. He didn't just pray on a bad day. He was, God wasn't a 911 call for Daniel. We're 911 Christians most of the time. Hey, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Refrigerator went out. I don't have no money to prepare. I don't know what I'm going to do. All the food's going to go. Oh, God. My car's broke down. Oh, God. My kids. Oh, 911, Jesus. We're 911 Christians. He wasn't praying 911 prayers. He did it when it was good. And he did it when it was bad. As a matter of fact, the Bible said he did it every day. And he did not not one time a day. He did it three times a day. He didn't let a day go by. It didn't matter what the king said. It didn't matter what everybody else was doing. Daniel knew that thinking long and praying hard and dreaming big was what God wanted out of him. I've come to tell somebody on this Wednesday night, you keep praying. You get in a rhythm of prayer. You pray like it's a life or death matter. You pray every day. You don't just pray on Sunday. You don't just pray on Wednesday. You pray on Monday. And you pray on Tuesday. And you get in a rhythm of prayer. Pray every morning when you get up. And when you get up and open your day with prayer, I'm going to tell you, your day is going to go a whole lot better because that prayer will stop the miles of lions. It will cause kings to bow. They'll get you out of a prison to interpret a dream. I'm preaching to you on this Wednesday night. Just pray and think big and think long. I mean, come on now. He approached every situation, every opportunity, every challenge. Every person he approached him with prayer. Go study Daniel. It was that prayer, and it was that prayer posture that led him to one of the most unlikely rises in political history. He rose to power. How in the world does a prisoner of war become the prime minister of a country that took him captive in the first place? I tell you how, only God can do that. Only, listen to me, I said only God can do that. The same way God set Joseph up, He set Daniel up. God can take you in an enemy territory and set you on high. But you got to dream big, you got to pray hard, and you got to think long. You can't think of your circumstances right now. Somebody said, oh, pastor, I'm just going through it. The greatest thing, the greatest words that you that I can give you in the Scripture right now was this. And it came to pass. It ain't going to stay. There's going to be a better day. It came to pass. It's going to be over in the sweet by and by. Honey, i got to tell you, every time you get in a valley, if you look behind you and you look in front of you, you'll see two mountains because there can't be valleys without mountains. And when you get in a valley, you're about to get to another mountain. And God's about to do another miracle in your life. you got to keep thinking long. It's going to be over in the sweet by and by. 
I'm broke. He's going to give you money. I'm, I'm tired. He's going to give you strength. I'm weary. He's going to give you, he's going to give you strength for the journey. Don't be weary. Just say, God, I won't give up. I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to believe every day. I'm going to hold on to it every day. The ascendance of Daniel defies political science and it defies the power of, uh, or it defines rather the power of praying circles. When you keep praying, let me tell you what God said. I'll lift up whom I will and I'll put down whom I will. God knows how to set you up and God knows how to take you down. Is anybody hearing me tonight? It's just a matter of how much you're willing to pay and how much you're willing to pray and to give it to God. I'm praying for you tonight. I'm praying for all of us that we'd grasp what I'm saying because prayer invites God into the equation and when that happens all bets are off. It doesn't matter what he said or she said or they said. It doesn't matter who's coming against you. What matters is that with God there's always victory. I wish somebody helped me preach tonight. I'm telling you I feel the Holy Ghost in what I'm saying. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter whether it's the locker room or the board room or the classroom. It doesn't matter whether you practice law or medicine or music. It doesn't matter who you are or what you do. If you stop, drop, and pray and think long, God's going to turn it around. Ah. Consider the difference between ourselves and the early church. Consider that. You know what? We give slices and slivers of time to prayer. But the Bible said they gave themselves to prayer. We give God a little time here, a little time there. If it's real rough, we'll give Him more time. Wow. It'd be perfectly fine with some folks if we just had a drive-by on this parking lot, prayer, where you can just drive by and speak in a deal. God, I need, uh, it's like ordering at McDonald's, you know. I need two blessings. I, I need, you know what I'm talking about. We're going to set a little thing up out here for some of y'all so you speak into it like you do Burger King, McDonald's. Get you, get, I got news for you, God don't work like that. Did I ever tell you the story? I know it did. And I've told it many times about the old boy that went to church to pray every day. Every day. Every day. He went to pray. And he'd start off by saying, God, this is Jim. Same time. Every day. God, this is Jim. Here to talk to you today. He talked to God. Jim got sick. Jim was in the hospital. Jim couldn't get to the church. at his appointed hour of prayer. He's laying in the bed, and he wasn't able to go to his prayer place and say, God, this is Jim. And he heard a voice and said, Jim, this is God. Why? i tell you why. Because he wasn't a 911 prayer warrior. He was a Daniel prayer that prayed every day, every day. Consider the difference. We don't need little slivers of prayer, little times of prayer. 
We need to give ourselves in prayer. See, prayer defined, prayer defined the lives of the first church. It caused simple fishermen to stand before counselors and kings and shake their nation. And a life of prayer garners that kind of influence that can only come when heaven gets involved. And heaven will not get involved until you learn to pray. See, I'm not, I'm not preaching something foreign to you because we've all been there. You know, we, we, get, we get to the place that, you know, we learn to live for God and we learn, look, we ain't going to smoke, we ain't going to drink, we're not going to do drugs, we're not going to the bars, we're not, you know, we, we're going we're gonna to live right, spit white, and all that stuff, okay? That's all good. Can I give you a little scripture tonight? Let me shake your world a little bit. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. If you know you ought to be praying, if you know you ought to be faithful, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. If you know and you are not, to him it is sin. We're not shouting now, but it's okay. It's okay. Hallelujah. See, even when King Darius outlawed prayer, Daniel still prayed. Stop, drop, pray. Three times a day. And, and, and few people prayed more with more consistency or intensity than Daniel. And what makes his persistence in prayer so remarkable is that he knew his dream of rebuilding Jerusalem wouldn't be fulfilled during his lifetime. You see, you've got to leave it in God's hands. We sing a song around here and have in years gone by. He's an old time God. Yes, he is. What time is that? When's he coming? I don't know. But he does. He's an eternal God. And even in spite of the fact that he knew he would never see it happen in his lifetime, he never stopped dreaming big, he never stopped praying hard, and he never stopped thinking long. He just kept praying, kept praying. And God was dropping prophecies on him. He was thinking in terms of millenniums. He really was. He didn't think just about the Babylonian captivity and the restoration of Jerusalem. He looked further into the future to the first coming and the second coming of Jesus Christ and prophesied about them in the book of Daniel. Hundreds, hundreds of years before it all came to pass. Because you, if you pray hard and you dream big and you will just think long God will put something that's what prophets do and that's what he did and he looked into the future through prayer and God gave him things to give us in 2019 think about it he knew his prayers wasn't coming to pass quickly but yet he prayed with urgency Drawing prayer circles often feel like long and boring process many times. It's, it's frustrating when you feel like you've just been circling and praying. And Has anybody here ever felt like God wasn't hearing you? Just, I don't believe God heard me. I've heard people, I've had people tell me that. I just don't know why God's not answering my prayer. Sometimes He says no. Sometimes He says Wait. Sometimes he said, it'll be a little while. He's answering. He answers prayer. If your kids came to you and said, Daddy, I want a rattlesnake, would you go out and buy him one and hand it to him? Sometimes kids want things that are not good for them. 
We just have to be kids of the King. And when we, everything we ask for, God don't give us. And sometimes, and many times, it's best for us. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching to you tonight. Well, see, we, 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 live, we live in a, a different day than we've ever lived in. I, I tell you, it's really different. Matter of fact, we live in a culture that overvalues 15 minutes of fame and undervalues lifelong faithfulness. 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 Somebody say that word, faithfulness. Wow. This is in your notes. Just as our greatest successes often come on the heels of our greatest failures, our greatest answers often come on the heels of our longest prayers. You need to fill that in your notes. But if you pray long prayers... And you think long. Everybody say prayer posture. Physical posture. This is in your notes too. Physical posture is an important part of praying. Now, I don't believe you have to be in any certain position to receive things from God. But there are some times that our prayer posture says things to God. When we do this, what does that mean? I surrender. I preached a sermon one time many years ago in this church on a Sunday morning. I preached, come out with your hands up. That's what the cops say, isn't it? Come out with your hands up. Here comes the criminal. Well, that's the way we are. God wants you to come out with your hands up tonight. I surrender everything to you, Lord. I'm not going to hold back one thing. I surrender. Sometimes we do this. What's that a sign of? Victory. Yeah. Sometimes we do this. And when we get out on our knees and even bury our face in carpet, sometimes it's a time of showing humility to God. Daniel knelt three times a day. He knelt. He was humble before God. He knelt three times a day. Physical posture helps posture the heart and the mind. What I'm praying and I'm by myself, I often, I often find myself laying, prostrate before the Lord, because I want Him to know I'm nothing, and He's everything. So physical posture was important. It, it, you say, well, it's not biblical. Well, I don't know why it's not. It's been practiced for thousands of years, and there's many, many things in the Bible that talks about the posture of prayer. Now when people come to the to the to the altars and they repent of their sins, I've seen people get the Holy Ghost standing. I've seen people receive the Holy Ghost kneeling. I've seen the people get the Holy Ghost flat of their back. I've seen people get the Holy Ghost walking down the aisle. I believe God just honors your your commitment and your repentance. I believe that. So I'm not telling you got to have any. But there are times in your walk with God when you need to bow before God and when you need to humble yourself before God. You don't need to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. Prayer posture is good. The truth is there's nothing magical about the laying on of hands or the bowing of the knee or the anointing the head with oil. But there is something biblical about it. Amen? We lay our hands on people because the Scripture said they laid their hands on people. And the Bible instructs us to do that. 
people come to this church for the first time and we're anointing people with oil, they think we're crazy. What you got oil out for? What's that little stuff? I've had people say, what's that stuff in that bottle? Oh, that's magic. No, that's not magic. It's a, it's a symbol of the Spirit of God. The Bible said anoint with oil. The Scriptures tell us to anoint with oil. So we do what the Bible says do. However, when we practice those prescribed postures, we are doing what has been done many, 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 many times. And, and part of thinking long is appreciating the timeless traditions that connect us to our spiritual ancestors and continuing to humble ourselves and to worship at times and to plead the mercies of God. I'm just telling you, it's more than just a little... Thank you, Jesus, for our food. Amen. God is great. God is good. It's more than that. Sometimes we pray and we don't even know we prayed. And so what? God don't either. But the facts are, when we really get down to praying, we are dreaming and we are praying hard and we are thinking long and we are looking into the things of God and trying to find the mind of God and 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 bringing down strongholds and attacking principalities and taking down spiritual wickedness and doing the work of God in the 21st century. Ladies and gentlemen, prayer is still a great and a needful part of our lives as Christians. And if we don't get this, we do not survive time. Hmm. When you fast and pray in tandem, this is in your notes, it's almost like a moving sidewalk that gets you to your desired destination in half the time. Fasting has a way of fast-tracking our prayers. So we don't just pray. Guess what Daniel did? Everybody ever heard of the Daniel fast? Yeah, that's where they get that from, the Daniel fast. He, he fasted. He fasted 10 days that kick-started his climb to political power. But it was a 21-day fast that ended with angelic encounter. Fasting. You know what fasting does? It hurts. It's harder than prayer. It'll make your belly hurt. It'll make your head hurt. It'll get to where the place every time you swallow your stomach, your backbone will say thank you. Fasting's not fun. If anybody tells you fasting's fun, you tell them pastor said they lied. Fasting's hard. Fasting takes down the carnality. Fasting whips our body into the place that God can deal with us. When Jesus had performed a miracle one time, the disciples said, why couldn't we do that? Why? He said, because of your unbelief. And he said, furthermore, how be it this kind goeth not out but by prayer and, that's a conjunction that adds to and. You can't do this unless you pray and fast. You can't even do this just praying. You pray and fast. You want miracles? Prayer and fasting. You want to see God pull down strongholds? It's a fast track. Empty stomachs are a part of living for God. Fasting is a form of circling in prayer. Fasting, in fact, an empty stomach may be the most powerful prayer posture in the Scripture. Fasting will bring kingdoms down. It will bring enemies down. Some miracles are only accessible through fasting and prayer. We don't do enough of it. I don't. You don't. That's pretty obvious in all of us. Amen. 
but the facts are it's biblical. So, let me close. Drawing prayer circles is a lot like climbing a mountain. The dream or the promise, the miracle, may seem impossible. But if you keep circling, you keep putting it in that circle of prayer. You keep fasting. You keep dreaming. You keep praying hard. You keep thinking long. With each prayer, there's a small change in elevation. It's like climbing a mountain. Oh, I'm a little bit closer. I'm just a little bit closer. If I pray today and it don't happen today, guess what? I'm praying again tomorrow. If it don't happen tomorrow, I'm saying, God, I, I know you're going to hear my prayer. I know. I was talking to somebody this week and I said, you just keep praying. Because when you just keep praying, God's going to come through. It, you, you may not even live to see it, but God's going to do it. I just got faith that God's going to take care of it. you got to keep believing God. You can't quit. You can't quit because that's not thinking long. you got to be willing to pray as long as it takes. Somebody say, as long as it takes. Say, think big. Say, dream big. Say, think long. That's what's got to happen if we're going to get what God's got for us. What promise or what miracles or what dreams are you willing to pray long, dream big, and to think long for? What, are you, what matters most to you? What is a, I, I, I could take you, and I don't have time. i got one minute left. I, I could take you to the book of Hebrews and show you. Abraham, the father of, of faithfulness. That's what the Scripture calls him, the father of the faithful. You know why? Because he didn't stagger at the promises of God. You think everything was lovely with Abraham? No. You think everything went well with Abraham? No. You think everything was always just roses and top of the mountain and got up every morning feeling like no but I want to tell you what he did he said I will not quit I will not falter I will not fail you go read the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and you'll find those faithful people were marked by a single commonality they all thought wrong and weren't willing to give up even until the end some the Bible said died in faith Died believing. Died. Oh, I could go. I could go tonight. I'm thinking. I'm thinking right now. I'm thinking of Ruth Masters. I'm thinking of Bessie Lewis. I'm thinking of G.E. Chance. I'm, 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 I'm thinking of Thompson Herald. I'm thinking of, of people who have gone on. But guess what? You know, you're living under your mama's prayers. I'm living under my daddy's prayers. James, you're living under your mama's prayer. Jesse, you're living under your mama's prayer. Prayers don't die. Just keep making the circle and keep standing. Think long. I may not see it, God, but I'm believing it. I may not ever see it, but I'm going to keep asking. I'm going to keep believing it. Stand with me all over this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's a prayer answer. He's a prayer-answering God. There's nothing too big for God. There's nothing too little for God. There's nothing that God can't do. If you pray in Jesus' name. The Bible said, Whatsoever you ask in prayer, believe it. It shall be done. You've got to believe it. You've got to keep believing it. 
Remember Elijah? Remember? He prayed six times. He sent his servant out. Go see if there's any sign of rain. Go see if it's going. He said, Elijah, there ain't a cloud in the sky. I don't know. It's, it just don't look like rain. Seventh time, Dar. Seventh time. He sent him back, and he come back in. He said, I can see the glare in his eye now. He said, Elijah, there's a little cloud. It's just the size of a man's head. I just see a side, the cloud, the size. Of, I mean, come on now. It's not a very big cloud. He said, I just see one cloud. But God sent a rain. Because if you think long and you dream big and you pray hard, God's going to do a work in your life. Is there anybody here that believes what I'm telling you tonight? God's got all this in his hand. There is no failure in God. There's no failure in God. Father, in this church right now, I feel in the Holy Ghost what I'm saying. Some people here right now, Lord, that's been praying the same prayer for years. We don't believe that you haven't heard. We don't believe that you don't know. We believe that it's in your hands. But because we are human and you are God, you set the clock and you take your time. And you do it when the strategic moment is right. But we're going to keep believing and we're going to keep knocking. And we're going to keep praying because we're thinking someday, someday, someday it's going to happen. Thank you, Lord, for what you given us. Thank you for what we know. Thank you for the presence of God. I feel this church right now. God, there's some things that, that we're desperate for. You hear desperate prayers. Desperate times demand def- desperate prayer. I understand that. But God, no matter what, we won't quit. No matter what, we'll keep believing. 